afternoon. My name is Leslie McDonald, and I want to welcome you on behalf of the CASA Child, Adolescent, and Family Mental Health to another edition of our live streaming event of the pandemic's impact on mental health web series. Um, we are coming to you from my home office. Uh, previously, we were located in the CASA Center, um, but because of the pandemic and the social distancing, we thought it was best to go back on the web. Um, this is obviously these are unprecedented times people have a lot of questions there's a lot of anxiety and we decided that if you can't come to CASA, then CASA was going to come to you with reliable, accurate information. Um, for those of you who don't know, CASA is a nonprofit organization providing assessments and treatment for children and families in Alberta for more than 30 years. And you can learn more about CASA on the CASA website. We want to thank our partners in this series, the Institute of Health Economics, the University of Alberta, the Edmonton Public School Board, and the Alberta Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health. Um, we began having these uh, public forum discussions with a Dr. Roger Bland series. It's a monthly series, a live event. It's been running for two years now. And our goal has been to uh, inspire dialogue, hope, and wisdom, and to reduce the stigma faced by people with mental health issues. And we're gonna continue that conversation and learning by taking it online with this web series. Our topic today is a parent's perspective on the impact of the pandemic on mental health. And our guest is Candace Fair. Candace is a parent with lived experience navigating our mental health systemic system. She is also co-chair of CASA's Family Advisory Board and professionally she's a social worker with Sturgeon Public Schools. Welcome Candace. so delighted to have you here. Um, I want to start off uh, with your background uh, which is quite fascinating because it's it's quite varied um, and uh, first of all let's talk about your work as a social worker. Um, tell me about your breadth of experience and some of the things that you've seen. I'm sure that some of that's been coming back to you loud and clear with this pandemic. Uh, with respect to social work, yeah, I've worked in human services in some form or another for over 20 years. Um, but in, in, in respects to social work, uh, I'm fairly new to that, about five years. Uh, and uh, yeah, certainly some of the things that uh, I am seeing are just day-to-day -day struggles for some of our families with the complexities um, of where things are at right now. So. Mm -hmm. what, um, what have you seen in the past with your experience as a social worker that, that, uh, that are really coming into play now? I think more than ever, you know, there's a, always an awareness if I, if I take this to uh, mental health and the, and the yes. passion work that I do with CASA, yeah. um, there's always this awareness that families are impacted uh, on a daily basis uh, in some way, shape or form when yes. it comes to mental wellness. We all need to be on top of that, right, looking care after that. But, but with respect to, um, you know, what I see now with families, it's just another layer that we have here. So um, I think in, in, in retrospect and thinking about this, it's, it's a, a pandemic right now, it's a crisis, but, but the days go on and our daily living goes on. And yeah. so much like when we um, are living through mental health crises um, or interventions as a family, we need to find these ways to balance that day-to-day -day living um, on top of 
the complexities or the unknowns, if you may. Um, so some of the families that, that I have the pleasure of working with, um, you know, are military families right now who um, maybe are very isolated beyond this social isolation that we're experiencing, you know, really here uh, in our city uh, with not a lot of uh, family support, if you may. Um, single families, blended families, foster families, kinship families, uh, you name it, just a lot of diversity in our beautiful city. Um, but certainly with this uh, pandemic, now this crisis, um, we're just dealing with more. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today about, you know, maybe how, how we can do that. And, and from a perspective of a parent with uh, lived experience, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, parent with lived experience, because it's really important that you've also, you've been through the system um, firsthand um, and you've had, uh, you know, you've been dealing or you did deal with this as a parent. It's, it's uh, been a real light at the other end of the tunnel. But can you share what that lived experience has been for you? Yeah, uh, so when my daughter was a teenager, preteen, um, we did uh, have a disruption in our family. I was going through a divorce. Um, and some of the uh, things that we dealt with uh, through that separation of family uh, were mental health uh, wellness concerns. And so yeah. for my daughter, uh, when she was younger, she had moments of um, suicidal ideation attempts um, and just struggling a lot. Uh, her, her concerns were trauma-based. And so I started seeking out appropriate help uh, and CASA is is where I found my family and I to be um, and that was back in 2013 give or take uh, yeah. from our lived experience Leslie um, you know something great was created uh, and that was the family advisory council at CASA that you mentioned so we we started that in 2014 uh, as a group of parents with lived experience and ironically although we all have different backgrounds um, you know, a lot of our stories are the same when it comes to the barriers of accessing uh, care for our loved ones. Okay, and this is all background to give us some perspective as we move forward, because, you know, you and I talked about how uh, before the pandemic, one in five people uh, had, you know, some challenges with sometimes with mental health. Um, and now, holy cow, it's uh, the vast, uh, you know, it's, it's reached out. It's a huge chunk of the population. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you seeing with the Family Advisory Council? What are you seeing with parents with what they're going through? Well, that's a great question. So we recently had uh, our meeting, our, our monthly meeting via teleconference as well, yeah. so remotely. Um, and, and I know my council would be all right with me sharing that just amongst the 10 to 12 of us, the diversity is quite intense. We have grandparents who are raising their yeah. grandchildren. Um, so, you know, stopping to think about the impacts of that. What does that mean when you're 65, 70, and you're now full-time caregiver at home, you know, with, with your youth or the child that you're caregiving for? Foster families, blended families, uh, single parent families such as myself. Um, yeah, just a variety. And so I, I really hope that today's message just helps to bring awareness to the differences in families and the and the differences in the complexities that we're facing. 
Yeah, so if if you've got families who are already complex, are already dealing with issues, then it's it must be multiplied with uh, with what we're going through now with a pandemic. I guess I'm thinking about people who you know are already challenged um, with uh, with coping day to day, and how this pandemic must be affecting them. Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, and and I would always validate that there may be some uh, of us who are having challenges dealing with this right now. I would I wouldn't invalidate that, but here's the thing about going through uh, mental health crises. Um, some of us are very accustomed to living day to day. And some of us are very accustomed to prioritizing what matters the most in our families. Um, and sometimes that's that's not what the norm of, of maybe society uh, would say at the time. So for example, schooling. Um, I work within school division. I support academics through and through, but um, you know, it, it's not a time to be overly concerned about that with our families um, because of these extra complexities. And going back to your one in five, uh, Leslie, if you've never experienced, say, anxiety before until now, because mm-hmm. something, you know, tipped your, your base level over just a little bit, and now you are experiencing having to deal with your own mental wellness uh, concerns, how scary that is. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. So I can put myself back there in the mm-hmm. moment of crises, you know, back in 2013. And I've thought a lot about what would my parenting be like right now if I was going through that crisis on top of this pandemic. Um, that's scary. That's mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. You know, you so said- what, Go ahead. I was just going to say, so what we offer those of us with with the experience of sitting in crises at times, our, our gift is to offer um, this resiliency, you know, this intergenerational resiliency that that we have spoken about at CASA and the lecture series. Um, I think it was Amber Dion uh, who made some wonderful remarks about that. So what did Amber talk about? Refresh us on, on, on what uh, uh, that thing was that really stuck with you when he spoke. This is from the Dr. Roger Bland lecture series. Yeah, and well, Amber Dion is a beautiful Indigenous lady um, who spoke a lot about um, the awareness of uh, not only intergenerational trauma, which we validate and, and um, you know understand a lot about, but but now this awareness to intergenerational resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, with lived experience, I think that's a state uh, where my family and I are. Uh, we are resilient now. Uh, it took a lot to get to there. Um, but again, you know, along with this data crises or these complexities that we're going through, um, I have a full belief that there will be good for families that come up. So what is that resiliency? Uh, you know, what is that resiliency that you've learned that you use now? When you and I, when I talked to you uh, yesterday, you said you've almost felt guilty for um, for actually not struggling as much as other people with what's been going on and that 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 so you've been using that that resiliency has really come into play for you what does that look like yeah so yeah thank you that's a beautiful question and and with great transparency um it looks like putting relationships first in my home always uh, you know anything that i do as a parent or a caregiver uh, when it comes to 
the people in my home that I care about or care for, uh, I always ask myself, where is this in relationship? What does this do for relationships? So going back to these complexities, if you are a parent trying to set up a home office, starting to try to work your eight hours a day on top of little ones running around, um, you know, that's complex, you know, right? And we need to be, again, aware of these things that families are so what are you doing that's different um well for us uh doing a lot of exercise so part of my journey in lived experience is um the recognition that uh, i need to uh, exercise uh, for the release for the stress the release uh, and i'm really happy to say that that's something that my daughter and i now enjoy together uh, but to counteract that, we also are a bunch of foodies in our home. So we're currently making a lot of good, possibly high-fat food, but but we, we exercise that. <laughs> we're, we're all going to have to deal with that after this is over. Because <laughs> we're enjoying meals in ways that uh, maybe we didn't have time for before. <laughs> I think that I'm spending a couple of hours a day in the kitchen cooking. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's a I guess Candace, it's a it's a different way of looking at things because we've got so much negativity coming at us. You can't ignore the news. You have to know what's going on, but it really does have an impact on our mental health and, and, and how we feel. And and it's finding those ways to be resilient and to to get perspective so that we're not bogged down, so we don't get depressed. It's like the, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling. Yeah, and that is, again, in in lived experience where those of us that are blessed enough to have support systems, where we really need to reach out, you know, And, and, and a shout out to our council at family advisory and any family um, through CASA that again has experience going through um, these mental health crises for Mm -hmm. our children Um, now more than ever we can assist we can we can support families um, because again these things aren't going to stop in light of pandemic so somewhere in Edmonton today is a parent struggling with their 12 year old who you know maybe isn't in the best place uh, and yeah, so again, we need to uh, make sure that those messages of, of suspending judgment at times and opening yeah, up yeah. spaces for people to talk. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's go back to the parent council um, and the conversations that you've been having about how people have been coping and some things that have been working for them. Can you share some of that? So with within our council, um, we did do a, a bit of a, a debrief, if you may, as to how yeah. this is all impacting our our individual families. Um, and it's amazing, again, the intergenerational resiliency. There's so many things that families are doing from, you know, heading outside to hang out together. Um, again, though, to being able to just open space. Um, when things are really tough in families, I like to remind myself and others that less is more. So if we don't know where to go as a parent or what to do, that's okay. Right now, that's okay. Um, yeah. Just be, be with your children, right? So some of the council members have said exactly that. We have one council member who is a foster parent, oh, I believe, to seven children. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, and some might be some of her bio, but you know what? You talk to her, they're all her kids. It doesn't matter. Um, but, but seven, right? And so yeah. how does she deal with it? Exactly the things that I've been recounting, which come from our council, prioritize the stuff that matters and let the rest go, especially right now. Yeah, it's, um, you know, when you've got people who are used to being independent and teenagers in particular, um, you know, they're used to being outside the house. They're only home for certain things. Um, you know, people start to get a little antsy and tempers start to flare. And, um, uh, uh, you know, particularly young people, they feel very, very cooped up. Um, uh, do you have any advice or insight into that about what people can do, how they can think, what per, uh, perspective that people can have? You know, I, I think if, uh, this might be a, a little deep for me, but I think if this was 10 years ago, I would be feeling uh, in my home, you know, what do I do with myself and, and uh, you know, how do I fill my time? Um, yeah. But there's, there's a, a piece that comes with that inner stillness. Um, yes. And so, again, and maybe we're not all there, and I appreciate that, but um, I find that I, I'm trying not to stress about filling my time. Again, what I'm trying to remember is to realign my relationships in my home and put my energy there. Because when push comes to shove, that's all that matters, right? That's all that matters is the relationships that we have here. So if things are getting tense, step back, take a breather, take a day off if you can. Let our little ones maybe have a day off. No. One of the things that we talked about with the whole lived experience thing is the fact that um, uh, when you've been through some really, really, really tough times and you come out the other end, you realize that, you know, while you're going through it, it feels like that's the end of the world. But when you come out the other end, um, you are a better person for it. You you learn things. Um, you know, it just it 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 becomes a, a positive if you let it. Yeah. The hard part about that, Leslie, is digesting that while you're in the belly of the beast. Yes. If you may. Right. Yes. So just like so many amongst us, it's not until you're through the journey that yeah. you can look back and reflect and go, oh. And so that's that's where part of that survivor's guilt that you say, um, that's where my daughter and I are particularly and my son, we can look at these crises moments and go but here's the gold nugget in that you know here's what what grew us as a family um, yeah but it takes it takes time to get there sometimes so. yeah what did you learn what did you that learn I, that i know nothing that i know <laughs> nothing really and seriously when it comes like all i know is about me you know and even applying that to my own children which is hard because as parents we only want the best for them and this concept that they're not a possession of ours um is a hard concept at times they're born to us as babes we look after them we you know we do everything uh, rightfully so um, but at least in lived experience with mental health there comes a time where you have to let go and and that person becomes their own person and i think that was the best gift because my early style of parenting i may still be unable to let go and and where would my children be now you've met them they're amazing they're doing amazing things but um, they've 
had their own journeys uh, alongside of me to, to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you let go in a situation like this where it's in your face every day constantly? Yeah, you know, again, great question because I think that comes with that intergenerational resilience piece or resiliency within your family. Um, you may not be able to to begin with, but like you identified and, and I've said with the daily routines going on, yeah. things still happening for families, babies being born, for example, um, mm. you know, you you practice and keep practicing. Yeah. Practice, you know, I guess I'm, I'm thinking and, and maybe this is sort of outside your a bit of your area of expertise, but it's I'm thinking about, um, uh, you know, I've got a daughter in Sydney, Australia. I've got a son in Toronto. I've got a mother in Toronto. Um, my mother's on her own. I worry if any she's 86, if anything happened to her, I wouldn't be able to be with her. Um, does she have enough support? Um, you know, there were more deaths from that uh, that long-term care facility in Calgary uh, today. And, um, and, you know, there's a lot of worries about things that are outside of our control. There's one thing to have kids in families in your home, but there are also families, maybe families who are just stuck overseas. Um, and, uh, you know, how do we cope with that? How do we how do we settle that anxiety about things that we can do nothing about? Yeah, uh, again, a question that I have very much reflected on and, and have in my notes that uh, for some families, just an awareness um, and again, a validation that there's nothing really that can be said uh, to bring ease to some of those worries. But yes. what we can do as community and what I can offer even yourself, Leslie, through relationship is opening up a safe space. And and what we know in terms of mental health wellness is that if I reach out to somebody else whom I can trust and I can share some of this stuff, um, Mm -hmm. I am taking a step in the right direction. It doesn't mean it eradicates the complexities of my families uh, per se, but, but, but it allows me to know that someone out there cares, you know, someone out there is understanding. And again, I go back to those of us that are offering support. We don't need to say anything, particularly we just need to open space, just like Cass is doing right now on these lecture series. Right? On these lecture series. And you know, and that's the thing is that the, really what it comes down to, it's not necessarily a, a magic bullet or a top 10 list. It's about community and about relationships. And that's how we're going to get through how we're going to get through this. Is that how you feel? I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. And I think that our community, Edmonton and area, Alberta, if you may, um, we're already hearing a lot of stories of, of examples of kindness and people going out of their way. Um, I think we'll see more of that. My hope, Leslie, and I know this was something I shared with you on the phone, was yeah. that after the dust settles, when, when this pandemic passes, as it will, that that kindness and that awareness and community to those of us who may struggle beyond uh, this crisis, this pandemic, um, that kindness continues and stays in our community. It's it's very much needed. It is inspiring actually to see what's going on and how people are jumping in to help. And I, you know, this is also this is live, um, and I can see Jeff 
who is our uh, our our, <laughs> our producer on this. Um, and uh, Jeff, do we have any calls or, or any emails coming in from people with questions? Because we'd like this to be part of a dialogue. Actually, we'd like to even hear stories of what people are going through. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you can take your questions into the chat on live stream. Um, and uh, apparent that's the dialogue that I was getting from Jeff, which is why I was quiet for a minute, even though you can't hear. Um, but we'd love to hear from you either with your questions or your comments or anything like that. As I mean, honestly, Candace and I could talk for hours <laughs> uh, about this subject and about uh, about mental health things but we'd really like to hear um if you have any questions as well we'd love to have you join in on the dialogue um so one of the things that we didn't talk about candace is you know children are resilient um we're going to have your we're going to be speaking with your daughter actually on thursday um victoria is an amazing human being i am so impressed when i saw her speak at casa she made me cry um she just she touches me and um uh, you know, when you look at what she's come through, um, uh, what she's gone through to where she is now, it just shows you how incredibly resilient children are and how they adapt. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think families as, as a whole are very resilient. Um, yeah. My, and, and, and I think many social workers would stand behind me. It's that the most marginalized amongst us are the most giving and, and at times the most kind because there's an awareness of what it means again to live with barriers or complexities um, and so when you have that awareness um, we tend to be a lot more uh, empathetic towards other people right so, mm -hmm. so I, I just ahead. want to mention too with respects to schooling i'm getting a lot of families or parents who are concerned about children missing school right now. Um, and just another left piece uh, for me, uh, with respects to my daughter, whom you've identified as amazing, I agree. Uh, she missed her entire grade eight year uh, due to her mental health illness at the time mm -hmm. um, and, and, and still was able to graduate and is attending university. Um, and so I guess it's again, just that lived awareness piece that we can go without sometimes and still be successful, still come out the other side. Okay. So what did you learn from being a parent and seeing the struggles um, that she went through? What have you learned about resiliency through watching her? Well, with respects to going back to the academic piece and schooling, um, I would identify that when she was missing her grade eight year or that year of schooling, mm -hmm. I, I felt a lot of pressure as a parent and I, I felt that maybe I myself might be judged um, because she wasn't getting the adequate education. She was actually hospitalized for most of her grade eight year. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, as a parent, as a caregiver, is this the end of her future? And yes. again, it wasn't. it wasn't. So what I learned was that Again, in the moment, what we think can be so big and huge, um, if we can sit with it, create space, remember relationships in our families, that crises will pass. 
and, and we're still there and we're still together. And that's what, that's what matters, Leslie. You know, as a parent uh, perspective, it's never the other end. It's never the end of the tunnel. It's, it's like a continuum. Um, and what are some of the consistencies that, that you went through that you've seen that other parents have gone through in those, those challenges that we can learn from? I think it, that concept again of letting go. Yeah, it's it's Let really it hard. Yeah, really hard concept. Yeah, yeah. What, what is what does that? It look right? like? <laughs> and and yeah. I mean, you can apply that. It's a broad statement. Can be applied to so many things, but narrowing it to parenting, narrowing it to our families, um, letting go is the best advice I ever got from a CASA staff. Yes. Going through crises with my daughter was. Um, don't don't go down the rabbit hole and and I thought what does that mean and I went home and I, I queried it and I thought oh and what what that well-intentioned therapist was trying to tell me was you know that is her journey you gotta let go a bit and you still have to remain intact here and help from here um, as a parent that's so hard as a social worker in community oh girl I got that that's in the hat but as a parent, that's a different story, right? Yeah. yeah. The mask, right? The, 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 yeah. the thing they always tell you on the airplane is that you should put the mask on yourself because you can't help anyone if you're not taking care of yourself. What does that look like? What did that look like for you? It looked like losing control a lot in the beginning yeah. of our yeah. journey. Um, yeah. Because I, I had so many questions, I just couldn't find the answers to. Um, yes. And and to this day, I still don't have answers to those questions. And that's part of letting go. You know, I'm okay yeah. now with not having answers to some of the questions um, that I had. But in the beginning, yeah, lots of, of loss of control, lots of um, appointments, meetings with, uh, you know, uh, help services or health services providers where I did not show up my best self. Not at all too much stress, you know? Again, the complexities of family. Um, if, if I myself am a parent that comes from a trauma background or, or struggles, I, I have to take that in consideration in helping and caregiving for my now youth who is struggling. Um, and on top of that, in lived experience, as you know, Leslie, a mm. son who decided that he needed a pacemaker at, at some point. <laughs> in all of this uh, crisis. So we had this physical illness and mental health illness uh, in family, uh, just balancing it all. And I, you know, the saying goes, you have to fall, uh, crumble to build back up, right? And so, yeah. Yeah. And when you fall, you learn how to build back up. It becomes a muscle that you start to use. What do you think people, you know, we are just at the very beginning of this. We haven't even hit uh, the worst part of, of where this uh, this pandemic uh, is probably going. Um, uh, and so maybe it's premature to talk about the other end, but it's also important to step back and uh, uh, look at what potential good could come out of this. Um, that'll help us go through the really tough times to be more philosophical because we can't do anything about it. It's what you talked about. You're we're helpless that way. We can only do what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I, I think that looks so different for all of us, right? The good yes. that can come out of this for some families may be um, the love of finding a new game that they like to you know, play together. For other families, the good that comes out of this is, is again, we made it through a day without arguing. You know, we made it through a day where I can say to you, um, I want to share my space with you because I'm in a space myself that I can I can handle that, right? So again, it's, it's about relationship, relationship. If we're finding at home that things are stressing us out, such as teaching our children their grade level curriculum right now, it's okay to just park it and let it go for a bit. And that's my main message because I know that um, sometimes we need to be given permission to be ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And just to, um, yeah, I guess uh, for us, it's been about like you, it's been about taking daily walks. Um, I'm thinking, wow, I might actually have time to read a book, <laughs> which I never get to do. It's, uh, it's what kind of projects writers, I've been talking to writers who talk about how this is an opportunity for them to start working on their book. Um, or, you know, um, uh, start looking at life in a different way and looking at families in different ways too. relationships, building relationships just by being. Yeah. And I'm not sure, again, I, I, I validate what you're saying. Who knows where this will go? We hear yes. that the worst of this pandemic is yet to come. Um, but I think that at some point, um, some of us might find ourselves being pulled to community work, volunteer work as well, because um, if we're reading and keeping up with the news, certainly there seems to be this underlying message that there may come a time when we're all asked to do something. And again, that's great. That's good in community. That's what we need. Yeah. yeah. So what good is going to come out of this for you? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> The irony of it is I never thought in my parenting lifetime I would be living through a pandemic. Um, and yeah. uh, I, I think what's going to come out of it for me is is the story to say, hey, we made it through this as well. You know, um, and, and there's been these conversations, these beautiful conversations in my home uh, where we're talking openly about how is this impacting us, this COVID-19? What are the changes coming that we may need to be prepared for? Um, and my youth in my home, my daughter and my son, both have said, we got this, Mom. This is not the first time we've had this kind of stress. And, and so again, I think that's our gift. The families that um, have lived through any type of crises or trauma, uh, we can pass on to other families the we got this mentality. Um, and that comes with practice. It's, it's not a innate. We, we need to support and guide our families in that direction. So. Wow, that's beautiful. Jeff, do we have any um, any people, any questions? Okay. Okay. Um, I, uh, um, one of the things I love, Candace, is how calm you are about all of this as, as we move through. And I guess, um, uh, if, whether or not you have any final words before, uh, we close things off, um, any final things that you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, I think just that really clear message again, 
that um, the Family Advisory Council and CASA have a great awareness to the fact that that families are diverse and come in all kinds of packages. Yes. Um, and that, yeah, this, this emergency now in our community will impact all of us in various different ways. Um, but to those of us, those families and community who are new to mental health crises, um, or just again seeking out appropriate and timely care for their their children or youth, um, the chances of of getting that care now are harder than ever. You know there were barriers before, but now just given to where things are at, um, accessing that may be harder than ever. So if you're stuck, if you don't know what to do as a parent um, in these high crises times, again I just want to say open space. Um, lay with your child, sit with your child, and do nothing. If if that's the best you have, um, then then stay with that. And again, always relationship. Sometimes we're not, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not making money, but we're not spending it either. Hopefully, and some of us are, are okay with that because you know some of us don't have that option anyhow. So, right, like. You know, again, the complexities for families, I can't even begin to say, oh, everybody will be okay, um, because I have no awareness to that. Uh, But I I know that as a community member, I will extend myself and my my youth in my home are willing to extend themselves to anybody um, who needs that safe space opened up. We can Mm -hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And to do what we can, you know, um, I've been doing Woman of Vision. I've been interviewing for 38 years, and I've been doing Woman of Vision for 25. Uh, we had to cancel our 25th anniversary event, not cancel it. We had to postpone it. Um, but one of the things that I've learned from seeing interviews over and over again is that basically, you know, human beings, we have a need to feed, feel that somehow this world is better because we were a part of it. And that's an opportunity during a time like this, during a crisis like this, where, um, you know, we sort of set aside our own challenges because there's nothing, there's only so much that we can do. And what can we do to be of service? How can we help? And it doesn't have to be going out and changing the world. It can be right in our own homes, with our own families, with our fam- with our friends, with the, the people that we care about, the little things that we can do um, to make a difference during a time like this and how that could impact our own mental health as well as the mental health of the people around us. Agreed, Leslie. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It starts with us, right? And then yes. within our own homes and... Uh, and yeah. then we can move that out to community. But again, some of us, depending on where we are in our journey, may not be able to extend yes. too much of themselves. And that's okay, because we're here. Community's here. And the hope is is that we don't let anybody um, fly, right? Yes. Candace, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate your being here for our first sort of, you know, webcast from our home. <laughs> And uh, always, always uh, wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much. And uh, we'd uh, had Candace Fair. Um, and if you'd like to support CASA um, uh, and their work with uh, infants and children and families and youth, you can text CASA to 393939 for information on how to donate. And, um, and we're so appreciative 
so appreciative of all donations. Um, you know, charities are um, in a real tough spot during this time, and uh, everyone is. And so anything you can give to support makes a big difference. And of course, you can learn more about CASA on our website at casaservices.org. Um, uh, there are resources there for you to be able to tap into. Um, this uh, version of the live streaming event and all of our live streaming events are, are taped so you're going to be able to see them on the CASA website. Um, we are going to continue with our web series on Thursday at 2.30. Uh, we are going um, to be speaking uh, to the youth perspective on this pandemic and the impact on mental health. So stay tuned uh, now at 2.30 um, for the daily coronavirus update with Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health, and that's at alberta.ca. So uh, thank you for tuning in. We hope to see more of you, and we hope to hear more of your questions coming up on Thursday. In the meantime, please take care of yourself. Good afternoon. <music>